You're listening to Brave and Boss, the podcast. On this week's episode, I'm tackling five reasons why your e-commerce sales aren't growing. So this is going to be a tough episode, but if you're feeling like your sales are stagnating, I've got some ideas for you. So let's dig into it. Welcome to Brave and Boss, a podcast for the purpose-driven founder who wants to grow their e-commerce business. I'm your host, Christy Sumer. I'm the CEO and founder of the Ethical Fashion Line Encircled, a conscious business coach and passionate about helping you break through your limits and build a brand that matters. Let's do this. Hello, and welcome back to Brave and Boss, the podcast. I'm your host, Christy Sumer. I am super excited to be back with you today, um, talking all about sales. So such a relevant topic for the roller coaster that many of us have been living on for a while. If you run an e-commerce business and you started it before the pandemic, I am certain you have been up in sales, down in sales, back and down and around again. And um, as many of us know, in 2020, when things initially kind of shut down, there was this huge amount of uncertainty. And, you know, I know personally, we were forecasting for anywhere from zero sales to, you know, down 50% to down 80% to up 50%, like it was all over the map. And that makes it incredibly difficult to run a business. And despite what people may think, um, with everything kind of starting to open up again, depending on where you are in the world, with restrictions dropping and all that kind of stuff, there's still a lot of turmoil in the world. There's a lot of uncertainty. Inflation is on the rise. Um, so consumer confidence is maybe <laughs> a bit lower in certain areas. I think if people own real estate right now, they're feeling on top of the world. But if somebody has to buy a piece of real estate, they're feeling not so great. So definitely there's a lot of moving pieces right now. So what I suggest as a first step if you are pretty new in your business, so let's say you just started your e-commerce store maybe a couple months ago, maybe a year ago, maybe a couple years, you should be seeing pretty strong growth at this period. When we're a couple years into growing our e-commerce stores, we should be typically seeing, you know, double to triple digit growth over last year, definitely at least double, and should be aiming for probably triple. Because again, your base is going to be really low when you're just starting out. If you're doing $1,000 in sales March 2021, and you're doing 3000 now, like that's a really great increase, right? So we want to um, ground ourselves in reality, but also the fact that when you're just starting out, your sales are lower. Whereas today, if you're running a, you know, six or seven figure store, you may have maybe 100000 in sales. So maybe your sales increase will be more like 20000 So maybe you'll see a 20% increase and that would be like pretty good. So first of all, you have to kind of assess for yourself, am I not actually growing? And am I not growing at the rate I want to be growing? Because I've definitely had coaching clients where they felt really disappointed with their sales, but they're actually seeing like triple digit growth. And the issue is that they don't really have a goal in mind. So if you're struggling with that, I would recommend checking out my goal making um, calculator, that e-course that 90 day marketing plan, that thing, because you really want to ground yourself in goals. Because if we're aiming for nothing, we're going to hit it every time. So we want to sit down and say, okay, for the next 12 months, what is my goal? What is my goal for April? Am I trying to do $10,000 in sales or 20,000? So how will I know if I've reached success? So that's kind of step one is figure out what you're aiming for. Especially if you don't have historical sales, if you're a really new business, you definitely need to do goal setting because you're going to have nothing to benchmark it against. 
But if you do have some historical sales, you should be able to track uh, year over year, month over month. Now, many fast growth startups look at month over month growth. Um, you'll see it's very popular in the SaaS software as a service space, really popular with like venture funded enterprises like Glossier and stuff like that. They love those year, month over month growth, but they're also getting like huge injections of capital, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. So of course they should be growing really high month over month. Whereas in retail slash e-commerce, you know, there's a lot of seasonality at play. You know, can you imagine if you look at like Black Friday, like November versus like December, depending on your industry, it's going to be very different, maybe declining, maybe increasing. So I always like to look at revenue growth on a basis of both month over month and then also um, year over year. And I actually, because we are at Encircled, um, an older business now, and I say that being that we are coming up on our 10 year anniversary, which is crazy. I track our run rate, which is basically how much on average your daily sales are basically for the last year. So I'll look back and I have a chart in my KPI tracking document that I created for myself where I'm tracking, you know, April month to date run rate versus April last year and also uh, versus the previous 12 periods. So I can see, is it going up or down? And then I can kind of see that year over year play as well. So I encourage you to look at both. But if you're looking at that and you're seeing like, everything's in the red, everything's going down, then let's talk about what's happening there. Because I've definitely just been through this. We had one of our worst months on record encircled in February for a number of reasons, which I'm happy to top line a little bit. And it was really scary because I don't think we've actually hit that level of sales. I'm pulling open a spreadsheet as I talk to you. So apologies if it sounds like I'm speaking to somebody else. I promise you I'm not talking to myself. But we haven't had that low of revenue since, I think, 2018. I think I had to go, like, way back. I don't even know if it was 2019, but I should be able to tell you, actually. Let me see if I can pull that up. 2019. So 2019, which was also one of our worst months on record that year. So, you know, that's a three-year low of sales. And just think about our expenses now versus then and our headcount and all those things. So I can talk a little bit about what we've done to get out of that because, you know, we're up right now 53% versus that month and up 40% versus the month prior. And we're seeing some trending over last year growth where we saw the bottom of our business basically fall out because we had no inventory. We had the wrong product. We had a really crappy Facebook ads person. I personally was not well in February, so I couldn't really do as much. Our systems were all kind of broken. There was just like so many, it was like just a total crap show. So I just decided to really slow down and focus on what matters most, what drives the most revenue for us. And for me, that was fixing Facebook ads. So I fired our Facebook ads freelancer, took it over myself, made some subtle tweaks, really studied Facebook ads, um, spent some time in some private forums that I'm a member of for seven and eight figure entrepreneurs and uh, really learned and immersed myself in what's working for iOS and try to build up the supply chain to support that specifically versus getting very distracted with launching products, which was what we were banking on for growth in February. And it just didn't happen because our supply chain, everything moved around and got dropped into March and April, which is why we're seeing some growth there too. So let's talk about some of the reasons why your e-commerce sales aren't growing. And I just talked about one of them. So you're not launching enough new products. There's a fine balance in e-commerce with launching new news and 
having replenishment of products to support not only existing customers coming back to buy new color, style, scents, whatever you sell, but also bringing them back with new news and new innovation. And I find it just costs so much more to launch a new product. You know, for those of you that are in the apparel space, you'll understand this really, really well. If you have a product that has a dye or a mold attached to it, it's even more expensive. And just the time to like set up those products and launch them when, in fact, um, a lot of new products fail. I don't know the stat, but I think it's higher than 50%. It might be closer to like 60 or 70 get like discontinued in the first year of existence. So that's a pretty high failure rate. And that's something that last year we made like big mistakes on was product launches in the fall. The design calendar just got way out of whack. And I got, you know, away from the design plan quite a bit with the hire that we had on board. And we just missed the mark, I think, with a lot of styles. So getting that back under control was really key for me in January. But then it takes time to get those products made, right? So if you feel like you haven't launched any new products in a long time, you have this existing audience. So you have your email list, your social media followers, all those people who already love your brand. So why not launch something new? And it doesn't have to be like a brand new crazy thing. So as an example, we just launched a petite version of our dressy sweatpant. It was very, very successful. It's almost totally sold out. And it took a lot of work for those of you in fashion, you know, you know, just like cut off the inseam and make it a petite. You have to redesign the whole product. But in the scheme of things, creating a petite dressy sweatpant versus creating a brand new product is a lot less work and a lot less risk. And that was super incremental. So think about if you have something in your product line where maybe if you're in apparel, you could increase the inseam and do a tall or a petite version. Maybe you could do, if you're selling candles, maybe you could do a body cream or a lip balm. Like, can you line extend off something that you already have that would be pretty low risk that would allow you to have some new news to your audience and get some incremental revenue from somebody you speak with already? And just think about how like much more efficient and sustainable it is to launch products like that than going out there and saying like, we're going to launch a shoe line, which is like a super high risk and could be really wasteful from a resource management perspective. So think about um, if your e-commerce sales aren't growing, are you launching enough products? Again, this is a gut feel thing. Most brands, when they're starting out, won't have capacity to launch one to two new products a month, especially if you're in the space of beauty or something like that. It's just totally unrealistic. If you're in fashion, it may be definitely more realistic. But I remember a while ago talking to my mentor who works as a CEO of a really big underwear brand, and I told her how much we were launching, and she was shocked. And it's because we put so much engineering into our products and she knew that. And she's like, that's a lot of resources. So I kind of go for the, I think I just heard this on a podcast, this like 70, 20, 10 rule now. So like, I definitely want to be like 20% new product innovation, 70% replenishing existing styles. And then 10% would be like this crazy shoe for the moon stuff. So like bring in this new product out of a category or something like that. So you want to dedicate a good portion of your time, resources, and management to your products that already sell versus risking it all for something that may not do so well. So another thing you can think about if your e-commerce sales aren't growing is potentially nobody wants what you're selling. And this sounds super harsh, but one thing I've noticed with people who start e-commerce stores is oftentimes, especially women, we start from a heart of passion we or creativity. So we love what we do. We're creative about making things um, or we see a gap because something's not being made how we thought it would be. And we just 
go ahead and we do it. And the biggest gap there is that you haven't tested this with anybody. And there's a couple of podcast episodes, which we can link to. I believe one was with Liz Long and I'll grab the other one. I think it was the Nicole, the product printer who came on and talked about this. But there's so much value in insight testing, which is essentially taking your product concept or your brand concept and testing it with people to see if they actually want what you're selling at the price point you're selling it at. And this is something that the big brands do all the time. I learned this at Colgate way, way, way back in the day. All the CPGs like Unilever, P&G, they all do it. So some clues that nobody wants what you're selling. You have a low conversion rate on your website, a high bounce rate. People are bouncing off your site without viewing many pages. They're not converting. Uh, Your ad click-through rates are really low, like sub 1%. You don't have a lot of organic search coming into your site. You're under-indexing versus the industry in that. So nobody's actually looking for what you're selling. And you're not getting a lot of like organic press mentions or influencer mentions. Nobody's reaching out to you to, you know, feature your product or, you know, try your product. That's kind of an indication that there's a miss in what we would call the product market fit, which is really crucial to getting scale in e-commerce. So you can get pretty far with that kind of Etsy shop. I like this candle scent. I just make this for the pure joy of it sort of thing. But you do hit a ceiling at some point where if you want to grow this store to be a six-figure store or a seven-figure store, you have to have a brand value proposition. It has to have a product that's high quality and it has to be something that people desire. And that may require you to go back to the drawing board and speak with either your dream customers that you have or new customers that you want to reach and reinvent the way you're doing things because it's a very, very noisy market out there. And just creating products just for the joy of it can be a fun hobby, but that's not a business. And we're here to create businesses and create wealth and impact and make the world a better place for our businesses. And you can't do that when your business is only doing $2,000 a month. So the third reason why your e-commerce sales aren't growing is likely because you don't have enough traffic. We've talked about this on a previous podcast recently, but some symptoms, low traffic levels, low sales. You know, if you're seeing traffic declines and you're a relatively new business, that is not a good thing. If you're a more seasoned business, it can fluctuate a lot more. And definitely we're seeing algorithm changes on social impact that. Um, So less organic reach on social, um, SEO, Facebook ads. So like don't panic completely. But just like a, if you think of your website as a storefront and you think of your favorite retail stores and your what you would call a high street, so like the really busy streets in your city or hometown where there's stores, like they rely on a certain amount of footfall to walk by that store every day. And like not everybody's going to go into that store and get caught up by the window display and go in and look, but maybe, you know, 10% of people will. And then of those 10% of people, 2% will buy. So if you think about that and relatively to your online store, If you're only getting 100 visitors a month and you have a 2% conversion rate, that's only like two orders a month. So that is not going to get you to your goals. So we really need to get you more traffic. So again, that's where that 90-day marketing plan template comes in because I really want you to focus on the channels that drive traffic and putting out really rich marketing plans that will drive sustainable traffic growth for you. And a lot of this is testing and learning. So I want to warn you, a lot of people will try and tell you that they have the secret sauce to growing your traffic online or do this influencer strategy or do this thing. And it's not just one thing. I mean, there's some tried and true tactics. For sure, email marketing is something that works really well for most brands. I would say like 95% of brands. But a lot of things like TikTok may not work for your brand. Facebook ads usually work, but they might not depending on your AOV, average order value. 
maybe you're better at SEO because maybe you have a product that people are searching for. So maybe that works. You're going to have to test it out. You're going to have to spend some time, some money, some resources. You're going to have to go kind of balls to the wall with it and go all in with some channels and measure the results, which is what, you know, the system of sales generation is all about. And then double down where it's working. So another reason why your e-commerce sales aren't growing, you don't have enough new traffic. So we've talked about this a little bit, but I love the metric um, new and repeat customers. Oftentimes we're told that it's great to have a repeat customer rate that's really, really high. Because yes, you don't want people to shop with you and disappear because your product's crappy. You want to get them back, definitely. But if you're a new business, you should have a pretty high skew to the ratio of new versus repeat traffic. So how do you find that metric? It's in your Shopify dashboard. You can also find it in Google Analytics. Um, so you're going to want to look and see what that is. Like I'm aiming for a 60-40, but you know, if you're a new brand, you should be aiming for like an 80-20, 80% new, 20% repeat or something like that. And that will start to balance out as you grow older, but new customer traffic is a leading metric. So what does that mean? Leading versus lagging. Leading means that it's an indication of what your future sales will be. Lagging means it's a post kind of mortem of things that have happened. So like an example of a lagging metric would be, I guess like conversion rate technically, because it's already happened. And it's kind of like based on past behavior, whereas new customer percentage is very good predictor of future growth. Because the more new customers you're getting, the more people who are entering in your funnel. Yes, they're maybe not converting that day, but they're going to convert later on. So the more you fill that funnel, the better for you and the better for your customers and better for your reach and sales. So you want to always be getting new traffic. So how do you get new traffic? That is the consummate challenge. So you have to focus on new customer acquisition. And I plan to do a whole episode on this one because this is a really broad topic, but some high level things, influencers, press, SEO, you know, email marketing isn't really new customer acquisition, to be honest. And that's really focused on retention for the most part, unless you're doing lead ads to like a landing page to your email list. Definitely influencers, affiliates, Facebook ads, Instagram ads, TikTok ads, all those paid ads channels should be really geared towards top of funnel and new customer acquisition. Yes, you can get repeat customers through there, but you can get them a lot more cheaply through other means. So definitely check that metric, see where you're at and benchmark it versus yourself. Most interestingly, benchmark it from where you were last year to see which direction it's going in. I think that's something super interesting to note of and track. And the last reason why your e-commerce sales likely aren't growing is you're not basket building your AOV, aka your average order value. So if you're not growing your average order value year over year, whether that's through launching more expensive products, through creating bundles or kits to drive up the average order value, through increasing your prices, through increasing your ship minimum. There's lots of ways to do it. You know, just think about it this way, like 5% was the average inflation in Canada last year. So our AOV grew 15% in Q1. So actually our AOV only grew 10% because inflation already took 5% of that away. So if you're not growing that, you're losing money probably. So you want to focus on strategizing ways to do that. Definitely bundling kits are super easy wins. There's great apps like Bold Upsell is one that I'm a big fan of that can pop up a product that somebody might like. If they buy this, they might want this. Definitely quality of traffic. So that one's harder to manipulate, but I think having um, better quality traffic, you'll get a higher average order value. When we get amazing customers who want to like revamp their whole wardrobe, their um, AOV is higher. Also increasing your prices, as I talked about, you don't want to do that all the time, but if you have price increases, you're definitely going to want to do that. Increasing your ship minimum. So let's say you have $75 or more free shipping, 
Maybe you want to bring it up to 100. Um, you kind of want that to float around 20% above what your average order value is to push people up to purchasing, and that will make it more efficient and profitable for you to actually provide that free shipping option as well. Um, so lots of ways to increase your basket building, and it can be a great tool for you also to um, utilize to create more value for your customers. So let's say your customer really likes jeans and you have a great jacket that goes with those jeans. You can really put that together for them using apps and on-site content to do so. So that was a lot. Hopefully, <laughs> I know I speak very fast and I know some people told me they listened to the episode on slower speed, but I wanted to get everything in so that I could share these five reasons why your e-commerce sales aren't growing. So firstly, don't freak out if your sales aren't growing. If you're not growing, you're dying. That is such a like an overused phrase, but you can really turn around and get it back on track. Trust me, I've been there. I've been in the valley of death of bad sales this year recently too. And getting back up into that growth position is really tactical. And there's some strategy behind it, but you have to really know your numbers, know what's driving the sales decline, and then be able to test stuff to see if you can fix it. And I believe everybody can. So keep up the good work. And if this episode resonated, feel free to connect with me on social. I always love to hear what everybody's up to and what resonated in this episode. Tag me at Brave and Boss or at Christy Sumer. And we'll be back next week with a new episode. All right, take care. Thank you for listening to Brave and Boss, the podcast. If you want to take your e-commerce brand to the next level, be sure to check out my website at christysumer.com, where you can find all the show notes, free resources, and blog posts, and principles to help you grow your online store. You can also follow me at K-R-I-S-T-I-S-O-O-M-E-R on Instagram. Find your purpose, make it happen. I'll talk to you soon.